Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome to Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson, and I have been waiting for this guest to be in the studio for a long time and finally got her. <laughs> I am so delighted to have in the studio with us today Stephanie Mendenhall. She is the founding director of Reclaiming Lives and Recovery Cafe here in Southern Oregon. And uh, it's an amazing organization. And let me just give you the website quickly. You can go to reclaiming-lives.org. And there's a picture of their landing page. And uh, let me encourage you to go there and check it out. It's reclaiming-lives.org. Good to see you. Thank you. Now, I've known Stephanie when she was this tall. True. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> we go way back. Good to see you. Uh, it's amazing. We were chatting just briefly going on there how God has moved your life to where you are today. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And you and your hubby, Tony, you have this passion to help people. And I, it's amazing what you folks have done. But tell us about Reclaiming Lives. Um, what is it? What is it you do? Mm-hmm. So Reclaiming Lives is a nonprofit that our family started really from a relationship that we had with one girl who was struggling with addiction who was homeless. Mm. Um, that relationship that I formed with her grew over time and she really needed someone and a place and a family and uh, we extended what we had to her and uh, she changed our lives forever. Um, I never intended to manage a nonprofit. I was pretty happy in my government job. <laughs> had a PERS Tier 1 retirement and I was set. Uh, but there were other plans for me and our family invited this young 25-year-old girl to live with us. And uh, she introduced us to 65 other people and that was the beginning of um, just my heart stirring to really see what God had planned in advance for me. Um, so out of that has come Reclaiming Lies, mm-hmm. and your main mission and goal now is to help people who are addicted to recover. Yes. So we focus on drug and alcohol addiction. Um, we really believe that connection is the opposite of addiction, and there are very many well, we'll people. Stop there. What, okay. Connection is the opposite <laughs> of addiction. What do you mean by connection? So connection to others, a place where you belong, and connection to yourself and ultimately hopefully a relationship with God. That's beautiful. So Recovery Cafe, what's that? Mm -hmm. So Recovery Cafe is a nationwide organization. Um, We are part of their network. They were formed in Seattle over 21 years ago. And uh, it's a wonderful place where people come and can be themselves. We eat meals together, we serve coffee, and we host recovery circles. So we have 21 one-hour recovery circles a week where people come and are sitting in a room with people who are struggling with the same issues that they're struggling with. They may not have the same life that they have, but they are struggling with addiction. And they share and uh, go through celebrations of success together and also all of their... Relapses uh, and problems. Yeah, problems. Like everybody is working on themselves. Okay, so how would you... How would you be different from other recoveries? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what's unique about this model is that we accept all pathways to recovery. So coming in the door, we give people permission to figure out what works for them. 
I think a lot of time people have been given a prescriptive model of you need to do this and you need to do this and this is what works. And we believe that, you know, sometimes finding your own path to what works is what's best to reclaiming your life. Wonderful. Um, you know, what's so interesting is uh, you and I've chatted on this, but you have all levels of society. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Talk yep. about that just for a moment. Uh, it's really awesome to be in a place where there are people that you probably never would have spoken to if you weren't sitting in that room. Um, what I notice is a commonality among most members of Recovery Cafe is that they all had significant trauma growing up. Really? Mm -hmm. so Almost you, every single person. So, is well, we could we could camp on that for a long time. How do you deal with that? How do you go back and touch that area of their life without bringing up a whole lot of problems? Mm -hmm. Well, that is the problem. Well, so it's a slow process. I feel like recovery is very long term. That's why we're a long term program. That's also what makes us different. Um, it's a lifelong program. If you want it to be, we're always there. Um, I think it's. There's so many different issues that come up, but each person has to be in a place where they're ready to work on those issues, and not everybody's ready when they walk in the door, of course. Mm -hmm. And so we start with just some things about your belief system, things that you've been told when you were growing up, things that aren't true about you, things that you believe about yourself that aren't true, um, just mindset, and uh, really trying to create pathways in the brain to a different way of thinking. Good. So. Um you, you mentioned that they want to work on it. Mm -hmm. How do you qualify that? <laughs> <laughs> so we are not a mandated program, meaning that I will call a judge and say, please don't mandate somebody to come here. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. and so I think what happens sometimes in other recovery programs are people are mandated because they're under some kind of court jurisdiction or they have, you know, a treatment plan that they're working with someone and so they have to go to a number of meetings a week in right. order to stay in that program and we will sign people's books you know saying that they were there but generally people come and they recognize that it feels like a family and a warm place to be and so they don't feel pressured to do things that they don't want to do and that really helps alleviate that feeling of I'm being mandated and I'm doing this against my will. So where does accountability come in? Mm -hmm. So in Seattle, they call it loving accountability. Okay. I, I don't usually <laughs> refer to it like that, but yeah. it is that. Um, the accountability really comes from your circle. Okay. So when people come and they get engaged in that one hour a week recovery circle, they also are in usually a texting group and that becomes their core level of support. And those people are the best people to kind of call you out on your behavior because they've been there mm -hmm. or they're going through it themselves. And so it's a little bit short-sighted for me to try to tell somebody, you know, I know what it's like to be addicted because I really don't, I don't. Mm -hmm. And so my staff and the people we have leading the circles are very qualified to address those situations because they've been there and they've overcome their addiction. Everyone who leads a circle has over two years clean. How does somebody initiate getting involved with reclaiming lives? What's the first step? How do they do this? Yeah, so we are open on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday nights for dinner. 
And that's generally when we ask people to come and check it out, um, be our guest, basically. We do ask that anyone coming to the cafe on those nights have at least 24 hours clean from drugs or alcohol. It is a safe space for the other people there, and so uh, we don't mix those populations. Mm -hmm. If people are struggling with their addiction and they can't get the 24 hours, we are open all week in our offices and help create recovery plans for people and um, just guide them towards resources. Sometimes people aren't ready and we help them through the stages of change. Um, is there a charge? No, everything is free. So how, how does your model work? <laughs> <laughs> are you asking where I get the money? <laughs> well, hey, you know, you and I are running nonprofit organizations, right? right. We redefine nonprofit. Right. <laughs> so um, we have the support of Oregon Health Authority, um, some support generally from the CCOs, coordinated care organizations, and a number of monthly donors that help contribute to uh, making sure that all the services are free. We have a calendar of events that people can get involved with. Uh, we have classes, of course, on relapse prevention and healthy relationships and those kinds of things, but we also have activities that people can be a part of, which really builds relationships for people who isolate. A lot of people stuck in addiction are isolating. Um, it's, it's not like a party atmosphere, generally. So this is, this is big. Um, alcohol and drug recovery. The, the, uh, where do you go with this? How do you define this? I mean, addiction today, and I don't know, you probably track it. I mean, it's got to be on the rise. I mean, the, the numbers are not encouraging. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not a statistics person, so I base everything I do on a relationship. <laughs> I'm a lover and a hugger. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, of course, I, I know what I see every day in my organization, and I do believe that it is on the rise. I don't really know what we attribute that to other than maybe the breakdown of family and a lot of generational addiction. You know, it's carried yeah. down. Some people think that the way they they were raised is the way everyone was raised and, you know, that's not true. So most of it, as you said earlier though, is coming from some kind of a broken relationship mm -hmm. problem right. early in life. Mm -hmm. Do you deal with that? Yeah, we have a certified alcohol and drug counselor that you know leads our classes and meets with people one-on-one. -on -one. If we get into situations with people who are dealing with deep grief and trauma, we refer them out. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't do that kind of counseling long-term, but we do you know have those people in our organization and we talk with them about how that's going with their plan. And yeah, a lot of um, folks are doing some inner child work. It takes a lot to get to that stage where you're ready to do that. I see some of your emails. I track you a little bit uh, through social media, and some of your stories and people coming through your program are very encouraging. Mm -hmm. Give us a couple. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have a young lady in our organization who's been with us since she was 18. She's been in a lot of programs here since she was a teenager. Um, she was with us for maybe a year and then decided that she missed the lifestyle of homelessness, believe it or not, that happens. There's no responsibilities out there and you can kind of float and mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with your pain and the things that have happened to you. And so she went back out to the Greenway and uh, wow. we would go and find her every once in a while and try to give her a jacket or see how yeah. she was doing and she was in a pretty abusive relationship out there. And uh, one day we talked with her and she, we found out that she was pregnant and she said that she wanted help. So she came back in and uh, 
gave birth to her daughter and she's been solid ever since. She just yeah. recently went to phlebotomy school and has a career now and raising her little girl who's going to be two soon. And yeah, it's awesome to see. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're illustrating something here that is almost anti-cultural and that is patience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the world is part. not patient. Mm -hmm. Attention spans about this big, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. It just takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, it takes a lot of time. What would you say to the person listening to us and say that's a program I'd like to do? How would what would you tell them to do to get a hold of your first call or what? Yeah, sure. You could always call. Um, we also, you know, I have a contact us on the website. <clears throat> All of those messages come to me directly. Uh, like I said, come in four o'clock on Sunday and five o'clock on Monday and Tuesday. We also have an all Spanish program on Thursday. So all the food is Mexican. Yeah. All the people speak Spanish. <laughs> it's really amazing. We have some people who don't speak English. So everyone who goes to that program um, does need to speak Spanish. Wow, that's but wonderful. we run men's and women's circles there. And we just started the first Al-Anon group in Spanish in the Valley. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank well, you. let me encourage you folks to check this out. It's called Reclaiming Lives, and you can go to reclaiming-lives.org. That is uh, Stephanie's website, reclaiming-lives.org. And um, she's inviting you to dinner. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sunday at 4 uh -huh. and uh, Monday, Tuesday at 5. Right. That's downtown Medford. For those of you, it's a beautiful spot there, and your new you're remodeling it yes, again. Yes, it's a little. <laughs> we have folding tables right now, but please come see us anyway. <laughs> okay, and I, I think what's so interesting to me is is that uh, you I've watched you, like I said, from when you're just very young to where you are today, how the Lord has used you. But what's so interesting to me is the patience that you and your team have. Boy, you just don't see that today. Mm -hmm. And not only that. But you and Tony don't let people go. You <laughs> no. invite them to your house. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> oh, well, that's I mean, how it started. But I've been to dinner at your house, and these people are walking around. And yeah. Like, you know. yeah, that's true. <laughs> you yeah. know, and so uh, it's just—it's amazing. Where'd you get this heart? How did the Lord do that to you? Yeah, I, I think there was a period of time where our pastor was really preaching on Ephesians two ten. And uh, it wasn't so much about the uniquely made part that stuck with me. It was about that God planned our days in advance, and I just couldn't let it go. I was like, okay, if that's true, like, am I missing stuff? Like, I feel like I'm missing stuff. And I was really busy. I was a county manager, and I had two kids at home and, you know, working a lot. And uh, I just started seeing people in our community, and I was like... I wonder what it'd be like to talk to them and hear their story. And uh, I'm kind of one of those people who, like, in the airport, you're like, where are you going? What are you doing? What's your... <laughs> I'm like that. So, uh, yeah, I just started working up the courage to talk to people and not be so worried about the outcome. There's a lot of people who are out there that are just not seen and not heard. And, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. For, thank you for... Uh, obeying the call, you and Tony. God bless you, you guys. And again, I just want to say to our viewers and listeners, the model here is different, very successful, and uh, maybe it's for you. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Check it out. You can go to reclaiming-lives.org. That's the website. There's a picture of the landing page for those of you watching on the Dove TV channel. If you're on the radio, again, just remember reclaiming-lives.org and go there. And if you're in the Medford, Southern Oregon area, and you want to check it out, Go to Recovery Cafe Sunday night at 4 or Monday or Tuesday night at 5. Have a free meal and meet the staff and meet other folks that are in the battle with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for what you do. Yeah. God bless you. Okay, we'll be right back.
Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.